So as Sam's already said, we're in Ruth, and we've been going through a series in the book of Ruth. Over the past weeks, we've followed Naomi and Ruth from the fields of Moab to the fields of Boaz. And today, our our passage, Ruth chapter 3, will primarily follow Ruth as she goes down to the threshing floor at night. So let's read Ruth chapter 3 together. God's word says this, Then Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz, with whose young women you were, our relative? See, he is, he is um, working through the barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your cloak, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when Boaz lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. And she replied, all that you say, I will do. So Ruth went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. He said, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. And Boaz said, May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, in that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask, for all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a redeemer, yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain therefore tonight, and in the morning, if he will redeem you good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I surely will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. So Ruth lay at his feet until the morning, but arose before one could recognize another. And he said, let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And he said, bring the garment you're wearing and hold it out. So she held it and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. Then she went into the city. And when she came to Naomi, her mother-in-law, she said, how did you fare, my daughter? Then Ruth told her all that the man had done for her, saying, these six measures of barley... He gave to me, for he said to me, you must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. She replied, wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out, for the man will not rest, but will settle the matter today. And so reads God's word. Well, Ruth chapter 3 really is a concerning chapter. It's concerning, however, not for the reason that you may think. You see, many people are concerned when they, when they read Ruth 3 because they think that Ruth and Boaz had a passion-filled night at the threshing floor. 
The text doesn't say that, though, does it? In fact, there are several details in chapter 3 that suggest that Ruth and Boaz remained pure throughout their midnight encounter. It's true that there was a lot of lying down, and it's true that there was a lot of sexual tension in the air, but the text doesn't say that any sexual activity occurred. Why then do I call Ruth 3 a concerning chapter? Because it's a chapter full of mutual concern. Naomi is concerned for Ruth's well-being. Ruth is concerned for Naomi's well-being. And Boaz is concerned for both Ruth and Naomi. Ruth 3 is a concerning chapter in the sense that it is a concern-filled chapter. Notice first Naomi's concern for Ruth in verses 1 to 5. After a busy 68 weeks of, of uh, time in the fields, Naomi got a moment to, uh, to, to finally speak to her, her daughter-in-law. Naomi told Ruth that, that, that she was concerned for her well-being and felt responsible to find her a husband who would then provide her with a permanent home. Naomi, according to verse 1, sought rest for Ruth. She wanted lifelong security for Ruth, not a one-night stand. She wanted her to find a permanent home with a husband. It's such a beautiful description of marriage, isn't it? A godly marriage should bring rest and not much stress. It should bring stability and security. Husbands shouldn't be harsh with their wives. Rather, their wives should feel honored and cherished and loved under their wings. Likewise, wives shouldn't be abusive to their husbands. It should be mutual care and concern for one another. A Christian marriage provides rest for those involved. Naomi then brought up the name of Boaz, their close relative in whose fields Ruth had gleaned for the past weeks. Naomi knew that Boaz would be working at the threshing floor that particular night, so told Ruth to go out to him. In fact, Naomi, as a good mother-in-law would, had already a plan in mind. First, Ruth was to, to freshen up a little. She was to, to wash herself and to put perfume on. You see, in the Bible, when people didn't wash or use perfume, they indicated to others that they were in a state of mourning So by washing and putting perfume on, Ruth would indicate that her mourning was now over. In a sense, she would be changing her her Facebook relationship status to not mourning, but available. Okay? This, This is what it's about. It's to make her attractive, but it's to show I'm available. I am no longer mourning. Next, presumably to keep her warm through the night, Ruth was to put on her long cloak and walk down to the threshing floor without being seen. This threshing floor was probably in the east of Bethlehem. There, uh, the grain and the harvest was, was beaten down by sticks and by the hooves of animals. Afterwards, it was tossed into the air with, with, with potentially a, a, a pitchfork so that whenever it was in the air, the, the kernels, the grain, would fall to the ground because it was heavy while, while the chaff would be blown away by the western wind. It was, it was a lot of heavy lifting, a lot of threshing. It, it, was just, it, was, it was a lot of work that day. And that's where Ruth was to go to find Boaz. 
Naomi then said that when Ruth arrived at the threshing floor, she was to watch where Boaz lay down. Why was that? Well, so she wouldn't go to the feet of another man. She was to make sure she had her eye on Boaz. And then she was to, uh, to in a sense, follow him to wherever he, 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 he goes down to sleep. And then she was to uncover his feet and to lie down beside his feet. And after all of this strangeness, Boaz, in Naomi's plan, would tell Ruth what exactly to do. And although it was a very well thought out plan, Naomi's plan for Ruth was incredibly risky. Some people even may have said risque. Boaz, after all, could, could expose Ruth and have her publicly shamed because of her actions. Even worse, Boaz could easily take advantage of Ruth and abuse her. Remember chapter 1, verse 1. The book of Ruth occurred in the days of the judges. Probably one of the worst times in the history of Israel because it was a time when everyone did what was right in their own eyes. So it was very easy for Boaz to, uh, to wake up and see a woman and say, okay, here it goes. It's presented it to me. He could have taken advantage of her. It was a risky, even, even a reckless plan. And yet, notice in verse 5, that Ruth agreed to it all. Remember back to chapter 1, her, her loyalty to Naomi? Here it is again. According to verse 5, Ruth told Naomi, all that you say, I will do. Now, before we move on to the next scene, please note again that Naomi made this plan for Ruth because she was concerned about her welfare. Naomi freely took the initiative and intentionally made a plan to provide Ruth with permanent rest in the home of a husband. And this is even more pronounced when we remember that Naomi didn't even acknowledge Ruth in front of the women in Bethlehem at the end of chapter 1. So in the space of of, a, of, in a sense, one chapter, her whole outlook and her whole, whole approach to life has changed. Her, her sadness, her, her misery of Moab days, well, they've, they've faded, and she is concerned for her daughter-in-law, tenderly looking after her, seeking rest for her. And Naomi's concern for Ruth Reminds us of God's concern for us, doesn't it? God knew our misery in advance. He knew that we would be restless and, and under condemnation because of our sins. So God took the initiative and God made a plan to provide rest for his people through the death of his beloved son, Jesus in the words of the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Friend, your heart will always be restless until you find rest in him. Everything else in your life, whether it's a new lover a new location, or a new occupation. It will only provide you with temporary rest. 
God alone will provide eternal rest for you. So come to him through Jesus. Find rest in him today, friend, by trusting in his son, Jesus. Respond to God's love, to, to, to his action, by turning from your sin and putting your faith in Jesus. Well, Ruth chapter 3 continues, and it's now night time. And where's Ruth? Well, Ruth is at the threshing floor. She sees all the men eating and drinking after a hard day of labor, and her eyes are fixed on Boaz alone. She's just waiting and hiding, watching him and waiting for him to retire for the night. And the time finally comes, and Ruth watches as Boaz walks out from the rest of the group and walks down the threshing floor and lies down at the end of the heap of grain. She was probably relieved because... The section was a little more private. Ruth then tiptoes through the threshing floor. Again, it's, it's dark by this time. Unless she's going to make noise, no one's going to see her. So she moves softly, tiptoes through the threshing floor, and lies down at the feet of Boaz. She then proceeds to do what her mother-in-law told her to do. And she uncovers Boaz's feet. And Ruth's heart was probably pounding and probably almost came out of her chest every time she heard a small noise noise there in the darkness. I can even imagine Ruth thinking about, about blowing some air over um, his feet or tickling his toes just to wake him up, to get things going because he wants her to, to respond to her. It wasn't until midnight, the text tells us, before Boaz started to move. He was startled, literally trembled. He, he was probably uh, cold, so his, his body shivered. And then he turned over. And at that moment, his eyes opened, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. And so as not to wake the others up, Boaz probably quietly said, who are you? Most likely, Ruth waited a moment, heart pounding, before she answered. And it's in her answer that we see, secondly, Ruth's concern for Naomi. According to verse 9, Ruth said, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a Redeemer. The whole scene is strange. But Ruth's response here, it seems even stranger to us. It's some chat-up line, isn't it? Spread your wings over me, mate. What does it mean for, for Boaz to spread his wings over Ruth? Well, the same language was used back in Ruth chapter 2 and verse 12. Lair, turn with me if you want to. Ruth, uh, sorry, Boaz praised Ruth because she had taken refuge under the wings of the Lord. In other words, she lived her life under the protective care of Almighty God. By asking Boaz then to, to, to spread his wings, his garment over her, Ruth is asking Boaz to take care of her. 
It's a marriage proposal. It's a midnight marriage proposal. God used the same phrase later on through the prophet Ezekiel. Verse, uh, chapter 16, verse 8, to, to signal God's intent to enter into a covenant relationship with his people. God said, when I passed by you again and saw you, behold, you were at the age for love. And I spread the cover of my garment over you, same phrase, and covered your nakedness. I made my vow to you and entered into a covenant with you, declares the Lord God, and you became mine. And notice back in Ruth chapter 3 that Boaz knew that this was a serious proposal, not a sexual proposition. People like to come and put things into the text, but, but he, he, he realized it wasn't a proposition, but it was a proposal because he responds in first hand by blessing Ruth. He then tells her, according to first hand, that her kindness here is greater than her kindness shown to Naomi when she first returned with her to Bethlehem. So we must ask, well, how is this kindness greater than the first kindness? Boaz tells us in verse 10, because she didn't go after young men, whether poor or rich. In other words, she wasn't she wasn't driven by, by youthful passion or by a love for money. So again, we ask, what caused Ruth to propose to Boaz? Well, have a look again at what she said in verse 9. And look closely at it. She said in verse 9, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant. I marry me for, i.e. the reason for the marriage. You are a redeemer. A redeemer was a, was a man who, who bought someone or something back from poverty or slavery or extinction. He was a guardian of the family interest. And Boaz was, was a close relative, which we knew in chapter 2, and he was one of their redeemers. Boaz was the one who could provide them with rest and the one who can continue their family line. Ruth knew all of this and specifically she knew the tremendous blessing this would be for Naomi. So Ruth went beyond Naomi's original plan and asked Boaz to marry her. Now, there's no doubt that, that, that Ruth was attracted to Boaz. It's not said, but I'm sure she was. But please notice that her main concern in marrying him was the welfare of her mother-in-law. Do you see that? For you are a redeemer. What's the redeemer? The one who can, who can, who, who can change their situation Turn it from, from a negative situation into a positive situation. The one who could, who could, in a sense, provide Naomi with an heir to the line. Ruth was absolutely devoted to Naomi. So she devoted her life at the threshing floor to Boaz in order to care for Naomi. She didn't think of her own interest. Rather, she thought of Naomi and so asked Boaz to redeem her. So that's why Boaz says, you didn't go after young men, whether rich or poor. Rather, you've come after me. Because uh, Boaz wasn't poor. He was a rich man. 
He probably wasn't old either because he's able to do a manual day's labor. So she wasn't attracted to, uh, to, 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 to his finances or to his appearance. Rather, there was something else. Can you see that in the text? Ruth didn't think of her own interests. Rather, she thought of Naomi and so asked Boaz to redeem her. Ruth's concern for Naomi reminds us of Jesus' concern for us, doesn't it? The Apostle Paul writes in Philippians 2, verses 4 to 8, that each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross." The Apostle Paul's point in, in Philippians 2 is that, is that we as Christians are to follow the example of Jesus by considering others more highly than ourselves. That's what he did, so therefore we should do the same. We should think of their interest above ours. We should serve them in love and with joy. And that's exactly what Ruth did here for Naomi. And we too can can follow her example. An example which was set perfectly by Jesus, our Savior and Lord. Now, we could go in many different areas of this, but all of us are, are children of our parents. So the fact that you're here today shows that you had or still have parents. So are we concerned for the interests of our parents as Ruth was concerned for the interests of her mother-in-law? Do you listen to their comments or do you only listen to your own thoughts? Do you physically provide for their needs or do you only think about your needs? Do you lovingly and joyfully serve them or do you serve them only to make a point to them? Or in the words of the Ten Commandments, honour thy father, and thy mother. May the Holy Spirit help each of us to follow Jesus' example of preferring the interest of one another. So we saw Naomi's concern for Ruth. She took the initiative, she planned. We saw Ruth's concern for Naomi. She preferred her interest against hers. Thirdly and finally, we see Boaz's concern for the women. Boaz's concern for the women. His concern for Ruth becomes clear in, in verse 10 and 11 when, when, when he assures her that, that she has nothing to fear. In other words, I'm not going to take advantage of you. I'm not going to take you out and publicly have you shamed. Rather, I'm going to do all that you ask of me. And he does so for two reasons. First, in verse 11, he says that he knows that she is a woman of excellence. The other workers had told Boaz how Ruth had conducted herself in the fields and they had told her, him that she is a worthy woman. 
And this description, by the way, is yet again another indication that both of them remain pure at the threshing floor. She had a godly character. We'll see in just a moment. Boaz's godly character. So he does what she asks because she's a woman of excellence. But also he does what she asks because Boaz confirms that he is a redeemer. He confirms that he is a that he is a close relative who, although not obligated to, can buy them back from their poverty, misery, and extinction. And then, then comes a twist. Because although Boaz was a close redeemer, he announces that there is a redeemer closer than I. You can read more about that on the verses displayed on the screen behind me. And there you'll find a a clear order presented in that the closest redeemer gets first choice. So let's say I was someone's redeemer and I passed away and Sam was the next in line and Sam would redeem and if Sam passed away then Josh would redeem and so on. It would work down the line but whoever was first in the line had preference, had order. So as a godly man, Boaz respects this custom and tells Ruth that this redeemer must go first. If he's not willing to to redeem Ruth, then and only then will Boaz redeem her. Boaz then tells Ruth to go to sleep until the morning. What a terrible way to say goodnight. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I haven't said yes, I haven't said no. And notice again, it wasn't an invitation to sleep with him. Rather, it was another display of his concern for her. Remember, it was now after midnight in a time when everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Boaz therefore knew the danger Ruth would be in, so he tells her to stay and lie down until the morning. Now, many of you are parents, and if you have a daughter and she's older, You're not going to be wanting her to walk around the streets late at night after midnight. And that's what Boaz is doing for Ruth. He he shows care and concern for her. Before we look at the morning events, please note that a redeemer wasn't obligated to redeem someone. He was legally allowed to, but he wasn't forced to. And this becomes clear in the next chapter, in Ruth chapter 4, when the closest redeemer, the redeemer nearer than I, refuses his right of redemption. He says, no, you can redeem. So it was his right, and either he does that, or he passes it on, or he passes away, and it goes on to the next one. So he refuses the right. Boaz, on the other hand, was a willing redeemer. And I'm sure you know by now where I'm going with this. Because we too have a willing redeemer who is flesh of our flesh and his name is Jesus. Jesus willingly gave up his life to buy us back from slavery to sin. Jesus willingly died on the cross to pay the debt of our spiritual poverty. Jesus willingly suffered God's wrath so that we may have everlasting life. And three days later, God raised Jesus triumphantly from the dead. And if you are a Christian today, it means that you have been redeemed. 
That is your identity as a genuine follower of Jesus Christ. You are redeemed. You are free. There's an old hymn that says, redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And it says, redeemed, redeemed, redeemed. Do you know, fellow Christian, that you are redeemed, that you are free? The Apostle Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 to 19, but we'll read for verse 18. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. But it was with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Fellow Christian, you and I have been redeemed. And because we are redeemed, we can be absolutely absolutely sure that our willing Redeemer will take care of us. Because the Redeemer didn't say, right, here you come, go on your own. No, he provided for them. He looked after them. He cared for them. And what an amazing truth to remember as we, as we enter into a new week, for some of us an uncertain week, What a truth to remember and to hold on to as we as a church embark on a new and an uncertain season as one church. That we are redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb and our willing Redeemer will never ever give up on us. The next morning, Boaz and Ruth woke up before sunrise and And Boaz told Ruth to leave before anyone finds out that she spent the night at the threshing floor. Before she left, he he asked her to bring her coat. And then he, he spread the coat out and filled it with six measures of barley. It's not certain how much this was, but some estimate around 40 kilograms of weight. It was clearly a massive load because verse 15 says that Boaz helped Ruth load it onto her head. He, he, he assisted her with it. So this was, was a generous gift. Ruth then leaves the threshing floor and, and goes into the city. And when Naomi saw Ruth, probably she's been awake all night waiting for her to come home. When Naomi saw Ruth, she asked her how things went. Ruth then told her everything she... Everything that had happened at the threshing floor. But notice in the text that, that she focuses on the six measures of barley Boaz gave her. Ruth tells Naomi that Boaz said, You must not go back empty handed to your mother in law. In other words, the generous gift, potentially 40 kilograms of barley, was a generous gift for Naomi. It reveals both his, his intention to marry Ruth, but also it reveals his concern for Naomi. Do you see that? Boaz is concerned for Ruth's well-being, and Boaz is also concerned for Naomi's well-being. Boaz is concerned for the two women. As we draw this concerning chapter to a close, please notice God's concern for Naomi revealed in Boaz's provision. 
You see, the woman who had previously said back in chapter 1, 21, that the Lord had brought her back to Bethlehem empty, is now in Bethlehem with a full supply of barley. How? Because the hidden hand of God was directing all the events to take care of her. Yes, Boaz gave Naomi the barley, but ultimately the barley came from Naomi's God who was providentially providing for her every need. It was God who reversed the famine, end of chapter 1, and it is God who now reverses Naomi's poverty. Naomi can sing with us today, All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. And doesn't this remind us yet again that our God, our God, will supply our every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. The question still remains, though. Will God also reverse Ruth's barrenness and provide Naomi with an heir? Well, in the closing verse, Naomi told Ruth to wait and see how the matter will turn out. Likewise, we will wait and see how the matter turns out. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you for your word to our hearts. We thank you that this is a, is a concerning chapter because it is a chapter full of mutual care. Lord, thank you for the examples set down to us, examples which ultimately point us to your, your concern for your people. And Lord, we, we rejoice in the gospel truths that we have also heard today, that you took the initiative that while we were yet still sinners, you sent your son Christ to die for us. We thank you for his love. Thank you that he is a willing redeemer, that he willingly endured the, the shame and the suffering to, to buy us back from our slavery. And Lord, there are many truths that we've heard today, many points of application, but we ask that your Holy Spirit may lead us to understand how best to apply this text to our hearts. And Lord, again, we pray for anyone in our midst who you know that they don't know you, we ask you, God, that, that you, may, you may arrest their hearts today. And as they, as they know of, of, of your concern and your love for your people, may they become one of your people today by trusting Jesus as their only Savior and Lord. And it's in his name we pray these things. We all said, amen. Amen.